in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of The Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost. Um, hopefully that leaf blower in the background does not come through on the audio. <laughs> I don't think it will. No, we talk so directly into the mic, it's rare that we pick loud, yeah, extraneous not, noises. It doesn't pick up ambient room noise or right. anything else in the background. These are these are quality mics for quality listeners. That's you know? right. Oh, nice, nice. Good job. Good good plug for the listeners. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we're doing this from Matt's... Uh, uh, a new place here is full of incredible views of the city and uh, vegetation and nature. It's and pretty a, awesome. And a dumpster out front. That yeah, was well, I can't see that from here. Unannounced upon its arrival this morning. It was uh, unannounced. Whose, whose fucking dumpster is this? <laughs> You're blocking my driveway. Whose dumpster is this? <laughs> Have you ever walked into that situation? Because I haven't. Just Welcome to Los Angeles, man. Suddenly that. And then uh, uh, our, you know... Uh, Lawn or uh, the green trash can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the mulching one, the compost, the whatever you want to call it. Yes. Uh, we have two of them. One of them was missing. Just like, so there's a fucking... Just randomly missing. It, it showed back up. The guys oh. that are cleaning took it and okay. were using it to clean out the brush and everything from that other house. Gotcha, gotcha. Which okay. is overgrown. I went up there once to, to look at it since we've been here. And, yeah. Uh, the dude was having an open house because they just sold it. And it hadn't been touched in a long time. Look, I mean, it was thick and lush. And, right. But at the same time... Had not been trimmed back in probably four, five, six years. Right. It was and thick the, as shit. They're bringing it all down now. Yeah. Yeah. We did that here, too. So that backyard that oh, you saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's three or four different invasive species of ivy up here. So you got regular ivy, uh, which is like English ivy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then there's, um, I think it's morning glory. And there's another one. So these flowering ones that look really pretty. But that slope in the backyard yeah, yeah, yeah. was all covered in vines. So we didn't wow. know that it went back that far. Wow. And we paid a dude, and he brought, like, two other guys with him, and they cleaned it. It took him two straight days to clean out that and then down below. Jesus. Because they'd just been – it hadn't been trimmed back in who the fuck knows how long. Were they using trimmers or chainsaws, or were they No chainsaws, scissors? just trimmers and hand trimmers. Okay, and, okay. You know, All right. A ton of, you know, plastic bags because you got to take it down the hill. imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a shitload of – They didn't bring in a dumpster. They took it in plastic bags. They had their truck to fill, so they filled ah, their truck, and okay. then we put them in plastic bags and – Slowly just right. could put two out a week and then actually, so we got that old truck and I filled up the back bed on two straight weeks and just drove down to anybody that had a green one and I cut the bag open and I dumped it in there. <laughs> if it wasn't full all the way and it's the same thing and I take the bag, put it in the regular trash, right? whatever, it doesn't make any of fucking course, difference. It's all going to the same place. But I did do it at you know midnight, yeah. driving around and if a car pulled past, I acted cool like anybody would fucking care. <laughs> right. Like I'm doing like a teenager again. Sup, breaking. sup. Dude, just trying to recycle. That's all I'm doing. Uh, Bringing it back to nature, man. Yeah, two straight weeks. It was <laughs> twenty, like twenty four, twenty five bags. Yeah, yeah, of shit. Well, I mean, it's uh, you know, we're, we're doing this this time. I'm sorry we're not on camera again this week, uh, but uh, we're kind of transitioning with the show again, trying to find a new home now that we're done uh, dealing with Collider, and uh, there may be some announcements soon. We'll soon we'll see, but we're negotiating some stuff right now. 
Uh, but for now, we're going to be recording in each other's places until we find a permanent place to uh, be back on camera with the Top Ten show. But the audio never ends. The audio is still going. We're still doing that for churning sure. Churning it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Churning it out. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it hopefully is just a short duration and we can get right back to all systems go. Yeah. Like we were beforehand. And you guys, you know, we'll be back to normal. You'll be seeing us on camera in the very near future. Yeah. Uh, we've got a few different options. So, yeah. It's just a matter now of scheduling to meet people. Mm-hmm. So, it'll probably take a couple of weeks to bang out all the, hey, are you free Tuesday? Let's all meet up Tuesday type yeah. of thing to talk. Let's all square it away. Yeah, but it'll happen in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. Please be on the lookout for that. We are working uh, towards that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to see us live, Hello. you can come to King's Place on May 2nd at 8 p.m. Tickets are 30 pounds. Come on out, guys. It's a 400-seater. We sold out the 200 last week with mm-hmm. like five to six weeks before the show itself. So they're like, you want to bump? You want to go to the big boy house? And we're like, you know what? I don't want to play in the sandbox uh, anymore. I'm ready to go to the beach. That's right. And we're going to be building our sand castles there, guys. So come yeah. kick those down with us. It's <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Kingsplace.co.uk. Pick up the tickets there. Uh, 30 pounds. Doors open at 7, shows at 8. We're going to go extra long, throw in a little extra at the end for you guys. Yeah. And it uh, should be a hell of a good time. A little, little Q&A possibly at the end there. Uh, were you guys yelling up questions? And Matt and I are put on the spot by your uh, uh, inappropriate and funny questions. So I'm looking forward to it. Certainly had fun last year. Um, and it was kind of where we found our groove as a live show. And so why not go back and have an even better time, uh, in front of more people? Well, I thought we were good in London or LA in LA. Yeah. yeah. You weren't comfortable. I wasn't happy with how I did. How's that? That's what I would say. Okay. And I think in the second show, I felt way more comfortable in London, uh, doing the show. So, yeah. So I have I'm, not gone back to listen, so I don't know. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Just move forward. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you do. Um, anyway, so this week uh, we're going to talk about uh, Jim Carrey. He's got a new film coming out called Sonic the Hedgehog, which uh, at this moment of our taping, I'm trying to go see maybe. I'm debating whether I'm going to see it because I got a screening on Saturday. It'll be at the El Capitan, so you know all the kids are going to be there. Um, so I'm considering it right now. I've been 100% said yes, but I'm considering it. Yeah, but the kids wouldn't get to go to the screener. Yeah, the, a lot of people bring their kids. A lot of the critics okay. bring their kids. Okay, I thought kids. you were saying it's going to be like a preponderance of, of kids. And it sounds like worst case is 30% of the crowd could be kids. That's true. 30% of the crowd could be kids. Yeah, absolutely. Bad. I it's guess you're bad. right. I guess you're right. And it's a type of movie where if they talk and they enjoy themselves, who gives a shit? Because The thing is, I don't know anything about Sonic the Hedgehog. Do you know anything about Sonic the Hedgehog? I, there's, I, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing to know. It's a video game, right? Well, it's not even that. It was Sega, so I could give two oh. shits because I didn't play Sega. Oh, wow. So I have no attachment. Sonic was kind of cool, right. but I never liked playing it because I hated the controller. I was just used to Nintendo's versions. Those are deep cuts you got there going on. Sega versus Nintendo. That's, that war is still deep within you. No, I just have no working knowledge of okay. other than going to my friend Jeremy's house because he had a Sega. And right. he was my only friend that didn't have a Nintendo. Wow. So we'd play Sega at his house, and I just wasn't good at the games because... I. Nobody fucking owns a Sega. <laughs> I certainly don't. Sonic was the only one that I ever played more than like, you know, 10 yeah. times type of thing. Like, yeah. we always played Sonic. And then after that, I couldn't even tell you what their titles were. Well, that's I, pre- I like the PlayStation controller better than the Xbox controller. Oh, yeah. I don't like the Xboxes. It's controller. too bulky, man. I don't get why people love the Xbox controller so much. It drives me nuts. If the, if the, when they come out with a PlayStation that plays 4K movies without it being an, an, a separate thing that you have to buy... I will switch back over because that's the frustrating part about it is that PlayStation 4 does. So I didn't I didn't jump up to the pro. 
I went to the Xbox X because it has 4K video capability. Okay. But it's frustrating because I just do not like that controller. So I don't play it as much as I played PlayStation. Because PlayStation, man, I was addicted to playing PlayStation, man. Yeah, I don't own a console. So no, I yeah? Never, oh, okay. I never played. It's not your jam. I owned them all throughout my life until I got to college, and then all my roommates did. Right. So I would play theirs, and then once I got on my own, I just never bought another console. I played every That's once fair. and again. I had a roommate at one point in L.A., and I... He had an Xbox, or not an Xbox, probably a PlayStation. I think it was a PlayStation 2 or something. Yeah, yeah. And I went out and bought a bunch of titles on my own because we lived together for like two years. Right. So I played all the Uncharted, the God of War. Oh, yeah. Um, a Star Wars one where you're a Sith. Mm-hmm. And you like throw your lightsaber and shit. Oh, uh, Unleashed. Yes. Star Wars, yeah, Force Unleashed. That was all right. That was yeah. pretty good. That was actually pretty damn good. Um, and he just picked up random titles, and then we play a bunch of sports games together. Right, right. But I haven't played a new one probably in uh, six years. Wow. I haven't played a game in six years. Okay. I want to play the new Uncharted. I heard the God of War is good. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one, too. I just bought the uh, Red Dead Redemption. I'm going to try okay. that one out for the a little second, bit. The second? The Deuce? The second one, yeah, the second one. I'm I played the first one. one. I haven't played the second. Yeah, the, I used to get the sports games every year. That was my addiction. FIFA, NHL. NHL, uh, I loved. NHL is great. I loved NHL. Right? Basketball, I hated. Yeah, they never it's could the get worst. it right. It's the worst. Just when sometimes you go in and you're like, late layup. <laughs> this dude only dunks. He literally only has one skill is yeah. dunk layup. And it drives you fucking nuts. Yeah. There's NBA- just no way to accurately do it. Right. And Madden, uh, I can play other people that play my level, but anyway, it plays all the time. Yeah. It's not that I don't know the coverages. I just don't know where they're at. Right. So I'm hunting for, That's your hey, I want to run a nickel. Clock. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're always like, bing, 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 go. Yeah. And then they've got audibles and all that shit. And just like, I would too, but I don't play this. Right. So I don't even know what the presets are. Right, right, right. So you're at a disadvantage. When you play somebody else like, you know, that's, that never plays all that much, Yeah. I can, I can hang. Yeah. yeah. I know general defenses of, oh, in this situation I need, let me find a 4-3 or a 3-4. Right. I run a dime or nickel or depending right. on the outcome but uh, that I'm searching for. But at the same time, it's just like... Uh, the fact that I've watched YouTube clips of dudes mm-hmm. that are just so crazy skilled at it. I don't know how much, how many hours you had to put in to get to that. It's impressive, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. that's a hell of a hobby. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you got to I mean, figure out all the little things you can do. It's a lot of hours. It's a shit ton. I don't have those hours. And to have it on muscle memory where you don't have oh, to think yeah. about it, where you're yeah. like, oh, I need to audible to a play action because they're going to bite on the run. It's instinctive. It is. Yeah. You just see you see the coverage and you see what they're showing and you can switch to it. I've I've got friends that play enough to where yeah right. yeah, totally. We can't play because you're gonna you're gonna beat me right, pretty much ninety percent of the time because yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna have the perfect call for your coverage. Yeah, uh, it's madness. It is. But so Sonic. I mean, I hope it's good. Just like everybody else, the yeah. the redo of the character is much improved. Yes, it was scary before, and now it looks like what it kind of should. Exactly. So that's cool. Uh, Sometimes you can go a little too far in trying to make something real, and you're like, yeah, no, I don't know what you were thinking. I don't know who was in the internal conversation. It's like, no, no, uh, this looks great. This looks great. Then I got to make, you know, what yeah. are you going to tell the director? Like, no. Like, if you're a designer person, I guess it's tough to say you no know to the director. Well, I don't know who directed it. So, no, a good question. Who is the director? It's a young guy. I know that much. But do they have like a history in animation? So maybe you don't question him there and be like, oh, he knows. The style, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's or, a good point, man. Uh, or maybe they've done a few other things that didn't, were lesser titles, but they they did well enough at the box office right. to give them a shot on this. Uh, let me see. 
Uh, it is a guy named Jeff Fowler. He has done three things. Something called Go For Broke, which was a short, and then Sonic the Hedgehog and The Goon, which is a, I think it's a... Was oh, that the Sean uh, William Scott? Or that's just Goon, isn't no, it? No, that's just Goon. I think The Goon is an animated one. Yeah, it's a comic about a hulking orphan raised by his aunt, a strong woman for a carnival. Uh, when a gangster guns down the ant, the goon kills the gangster and takes over the operation. Oh, shit. I think it's a comic book series. But, yeah, he hasn't done much, man. He hasn't done much at all. He worked in the animation department for something called Rockfish and a Gentleman's Deal, but that's it. So he's not that well-known, Jeff Fowler. Did the visual effects for Where the Wild Things Are. Okay. Uh, he won an, uh, He was in, nominated for an Oscar for uh, animated short. So there you go. Not much. Not much. Um, anyway, so we'll see what happens with that film. Um, certainly, people I don't think people have too high expectations, but we'll see in the long run. Either way, we're here to count down the top ten Jim Carrey films. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top ten. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, all right, so I'll just uh, jump it. right in. Yeah. Uh, at number 10, I've mm-hmm. got Bruce Almighty. Uh, yeah, that didn't make my list. I found that I just don't enjoy it as much as I used to. Okay. So feel free. No, please. Well, there were 11, and there's one that's probably going to make your list, but I never go back to rewatch it. Okay. It may be, it, by consensus, it's a good movie, but I didn't, I didn't dislike it when it came out. Yeah. But it just never resonated with me at all, and I was happy to go back to everything else he was doing. Okay. Um, so Bruce Almighty was the, well, if I'm going to be honest... It's enjoyable. It's fun. Yeah. It's him getting to, you know, he is, he gets the powers to do whatever he wants to from Morgan Freeman, who is God. Right. Uh, and it's got some great little scenes when he pulls out that file cabinet. Yeah. And he's, you know, questioning whether or not this is some omniscient being. And it just goes on forever. And his abuse of the power early on. Yes. It's very relatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's enough to where the adults can enjoy it, but you can get kids yeah. as well. Like when the dude gets his head stuck up his keister. Right, right. There's a, you know, for adults, they're like, okay, type of thing. The kids will <laughs> love it. But then there are other ones where he's having the moral discussion of what it is. That's going to resonate more for adults. And him right. messing with Steve Carell. Yes. That's an awesome little it's scene. fantastic. Steve Carell is just, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. How believable that is. And then he just gets flustered to, <laughs> uh, and then tries to start talking again. Oh, it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's genius stuff. I mean, who knew he was going to break out from that? I mean, because, like, Carrie is the lead in that movie, not Steve Carell. And here's Carell still building his name, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. right, like, a little bit after that movie, he is off leading films himself. And that office, one, I mean, I think. he steals that one little scene without even trying. Oh, really, he does. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, he, he manages to do that all the time, you know? He well, there's a- that scene where he's like typing into everything, and it's a. Good, I mean, it's a good. It's certainly a good story with a good message. The idea of like, well, you know, being God for a day isn't easy, but there's other stuff you need. There's other stuff you need to work on for yourself, yeah, and for uh, uh, her, like for Jennifer Aniston's character, like he's got to work some stuff out uh, and confront some stuff, and then come out, you know, the other side of it. So I like that for sure. And it's quality, and I never saw the sequel. Oh God, with Carell because everybody said it was just. Dog shit. It was. You know what? I I actually kind of like the first one. Yeah. Uh, it's got a nice heart to it. You it know, does. He ends up at Niagara Falls, and he's, what, disgruntled the first time, and the second time, he's just, he's content. Yeah. He's happy. 
And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with doing this. He's it, learned his lesson. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't a bad guy. He was just a guy that just wasn't happy with what was going on in his world. And he wasn't valuing the things that he had. And True. God kind of made him uh, see what was happening, you know? It's somewhat akin to, like, it's a wonderful life. And that, yeah. what would your life be like if you were dead? Well, this one, it's, if you had all the powers, you could do whatever you wanted to. Right. You'd be like, you know what? The grass isn't actually greener. Yeah. I, I long for a lot of what all all that I had before, and see the flaws of the individual. Yeah, uh, just like George Bailey. Uh, Bailey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I might have been able to pull it eventually. Yeah. Uh, so, what's your number nine? Number nine is the mask. Uh, that might be yes, a punt. Yes. Okay. All right. And eight is liar, liar. That's my number seven. Okay. Yeah. See, a lot of people have this much higher. I like this. Oh well, I, I couldn't put it much higher because they're just they're just better films above it, in my opinion. Yeah, this one is great. This is kind of one of these through this that '90s run of his that people don't people don't. Um, well, maybe they do if you say they put it higher. Because I always feel like it's the one that gets lost when people talk about his best stuff from the '90s. Well, it's not the it's the the first time to some degree that he managed to marry the obscene silliness of what he does right in a real grounded story. Yeah. Now it's granted it's someone whose spell has been cast on him and he can't lie for twenty four hours. Right. So it sets it up in, you know, ridiculous narrative, but you're still existing within okay, the rest of the world is real. Right. Uh whereas in other movies it's just there's no need for this individual to be doing this other than it's entertaining to watch. Right. Whereas his is like, I can't lie <laughs> in the end when he's like, Well, you were parking he just can't get away from saying exactly what happened and then the light bulb goes off and he realizes the devious nature in that moment yeah. of not being able to lie. Like, yeah. you're ruining a life, this little kid's life, because it's going to end up with the mom who doesn't care about it. She just wants the alimony. Right. It's, you know, brutal. Is well, that... stuff, like all this, and you realize, like, all the stuff he's been doing throughout his life just to have, a, just to have an existence has been just all full of lies. You know, yeah. everything in his job, everything with his secretary, everything as a lawyer. You know, it was that convention of a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, you're right. It grounds it in a real human story mm -hmm. about... Because he does love his kid. He's Without just, a doubt. He's just been so caught up with trying to live this life of his that he has sacrificed the emotions of his child and didn't realize how much he was damaging his child till finally mm -hmm. he leaves. And it's all, and ironically, it's because he's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And it puts him behind. And for the first time in the whole movie where he can't meet up his kid, it's because mm -hmm. he's trying to do the right thing. And so it's like it's great how it all kind of plays out. More Tyranny's good in the movie too, and Carrie Elwes is a nice the, little the, villain. You know the kid; yeah. he's a good actor. Plays his son. Yeah. And uh, which Tilly is it? Is it Jennifer? Jennifer. Yeah. Right. Oh my God, she's brutal in this movie. Uh, with that blonde hair, just so looks so bleached. <laughs> yeah, and he feels so guilty trying to help her, like get the kids at the end there, because mm -hmm. he realizes how much she doesn't care about the kids. Yeah, he turns to the judge and he's like, "Yeah, but it was a, a I duped you on a technicality." Yeah, he's like, "Well, it's, yeah, contempt of court." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. It's just one that at the time I saw it and I was like, "Okay, I enjoyed it." Right, because uh, it was built up. I remember the reviews leading up to it. And be like, "This is his best so far." Right, and I could see why some people would say that because if the abstract of what he was doing before doesn't resonate with you, yeah. this is more palatable. It makes more sense. Right, I mean, than the absurdity. When he's beating himself up in the bathroom, it's funny stuff, and yeah, and, and the um, even the even the uh, end credits when they've got those like delete the, mm -hmm. not deleted scenes, but like 
you know, like outtakes. And the one with Swoozy calling him a over actor. Oh, yeah. my God, that was genius. Just genius. It was. It was just him dying. Yeah. Dying. <laughs> just jazz up. <laughs> just laughing. It was brilliant. I loved it. Um, okay. So what do you got? So my number 10 there is The Cable Guy. That, yeah, no. Yeah. No. For some reason, it got its hook in me when I watched it the first time. And I think it's one of these uh, subversive movies about our culture that I think finds an audience for people who want to appreciate what Stiller was trying to do with the movie. And I totally get when it doesn't resonate with other people. Totally mm. get it. Um, but for me, it did. Like, you know, because it's kind of like the Menendez brothers in reverse uh, with the court case they're watching, right? But okay. then you've got Jim Carrey, like, being this, essentially this friendless person, or not, but this difficult person to be friends with. Uh, and he's yes, using, the least. Yeah, and he's using his power as a cable guy to kind of generate a friendship with Matthew Broderick. Uh, and then gets into all these situations just trying to find connection with him because he actually respects Matthew Broderick and wants his wants his friendship, but he has he doesn't really have the skills to be able to create it and maintain it. And it's through this insane uh, journey between the two of them that eventually he does find it. But it's a it's a dark comedy to say the least. Um, but that scene in the medieval times is hilarious for me on so many levels. Well, any Star Trek fan. Yeah, sees true. that it's going to have an original run TV show Star yeah, Trek fan. Yeah. It's going to have a much more of an impact. Yeah. I have thought about rewatching it for the show and I was like I just don't want to. <laughs> I just don't. It's not I've got 11 to choose from without that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with leaving it off. Yeah. Cable guy, all this kind of stuff he does and then of course messing with that whole family everything. It's just cuz also Matthew Broderick is a bit of a stick in the mud and he, he is. which is ironic because this is Ferris Bueller. For well, God's they're sakes. both not likable. Yeah, right. Good point. Yeah, Dude, yeah, we got to yeah. sit with them for ninety minutes. Yeah, it's as they figure kind it out. of siding with Matthew Broderick, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. okay. Uh, so then, my number nine is. Um, sorry about that. My number nine is me, myself, and Irene. Oh shit! You didn't put that on there. No, I missed that rolling oh. through the IMDb. Okay. Uh, Are you adjust well, that your definitely list? knocks off Bruce Almighty. What what number is that for you? My no, no, number nine. Okay, that's, well, let's go ahead and talk about it, but I would call that a punt for me. Okay, let's make it a punt then if you want to put it somewhere okay. else. Uh, so then my number eight is Yes Man. Okay. Not on your list? Not on my list. Oh, I love this movie, man. It's um, Peyton Reed, who did the Ant-Man movies, uh, Zoe Deschanel, Jim Carrey. This is a very, very sweet film, and I think it's one of these ones where it's more about the humanity of the story than it is about Carrie's comedy. It's this reverse of kind of liar, liar, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Cooper's in this thing. Uh, one of the Masterson, Danny Masterson is in this thing, but he's a guy who's like unhappy with his life, unhappy with his job, meets this girl, um, and then sees this philosophy that says like, you got to say yes to everything. You know, uh, the guy, f- I forget the three word guy. There's always a three name guy. who's always on uh, Higgins, Michael, something Higgins, he convinces him to go to the seminar that Terrence Stamp is doing about saying yes to everything. Um, and he kind of takes it and he goes too far with it and he just says yes to everything. Yeah. But it opens the door to so many other experiences that he normally wouldn't have had. But it does catch up with him later because then people are like, well, did you authentically want to do this with me or not? So he has to find out where the middle ground is. Mm-hmm. And especially this uh, with his relationship with Zoe Deschanel, who is 
absolutely cute as a button in this movie, and their chemistry actually really works. I know people go like May, December type shit, but their chemistry really works in this movie. It's sweet, it's tender, and um, the ending is actually believable, which I enjoyed for something like this. So, And I think he's great. He's a really warm comedian in this movie. That's the only one that I missed. Okay. I just went through, back through, and I'm like, okay, it was right next to... Oh, for to- me, myself, and Irene? Yeah. Yeah, right on. Uh, it was right next to another one, and okay. I must have just glossed right over it. So that was your eight? That was my eight, yes, man. So technically now, my number eight would have been I Love You, Philip Morris. Oh, okay. With him and Ewan McGregor? Knock yourself out. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's not my jam. You didn't like it? Nope. I there's. It's a dark comedy that just didn't do it for me. Like, well, Thank You for Smoking I liked, but this one I did not. It's a guy that just won't get out of his own way, mm-hmm. and he's really good at it, supposedly based on a true story. Yeah. So much so that at the end, eventually, you know, uh, Bush has to intercede as governor of Texas yeah. at the time because that's where it's based. You only see that on a, a title scroll type of thing. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's a con man who managed to just keep conning his way up and up and up. It's pretty impressive. I don't know how much is based on a true story, so that's the other thing. Right. Uh, but it's a really tender between him and uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, man, like. I genuinely believe that character loved yeah. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Like his portrayal of it. He looks broken at a couple different points mm-hmm. in the midst of, you know, it's a funny, it's a lighthearted comedy on sure. some level. Sure. Uh, yeah, but, you know, a gay guy and, and Jim Carrey who had a family before and then eventually needs to realize, you know, who he is and be honest with himself and he moves off, but yet he's still lying to the world. Right. He just stopped lying about that aspect and he just kind of spins it into... He does credit card fraud, and then he moves on from that, and right. he eventually embezzles a shit ton of money. Yeah, uh, once he but he he escapes from prison numerous times <laughs> through his own guile. It's really impressive. I don't know how many of those are true. Yeah, but over and over and over again, um, you know, you want to not like him because of all the things he's doing. Right, but it's it's a little bit of uh, you know he doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, but it's. Probably for the best that he keeps going back to jail <laughs> for society at large. Yeah, right. He's not hurting any person. He's not killing anyone, maiming. Right. You know, not peddling in, in, in narcotics or something like that. Just scamming credit card companies and then eventually a company. Yeah. Uh, not the best. But <laughs> anyway, I did just the, the bond between the two of them was so genuinely believable to me. Yeah. That's what impressed me most. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to like it because it had gotten good reviews, mm-hmm. but I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't connect to the heart of it, you know. And it's rare for me not to do that uh, with a Jim Carrey film. But for some reason, it just—I just didn't well, hook into it the way I wanted to. I don't think it ever goes for the huge emotional payoff at the end. There we go. Yeah. So uh, its intent was not to hook you like that, right? But I can understand wanting that because the slow build-up, because it is about a love story between yeah. the two of them. Yeah. I mean, it's literally a heart on the True. poster. They're making a heart on the poster. So yeah. I wanted to see, but they more go for slightly more the the comedic ending. Not really, but it's not like you ever laugh out loud at it. But it's more; it's not the emotional gut punch. Yeah, that it could be if you wanted to. Okay. So now my number seven is Limity Snick. It's a series of unfortunate events. Oh, okay. Because of the I moved got me you, myself got you, up got to you, six. Got you. All right, Limity Snickets. Go ahead. You don't have no, no, no. His him and he it's is great in it. Yes, yes. That's why he makes it on my list. Okay, fair. So effing high. Okay, because. How often do you see an actor have a hundred percent understanding and grasp of what his character is? Yes, to every degree. Yeah, the one where he's on the steps and he comes down and he stops and he was like back to one. 
that was him screwing up in character, and he goes back to one, <laughs> and they kept it in the movie because it fits the character so right. well. Because the whole time he's like, nope, 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 back to one. <laughs> but he's such a failed, bad, you know, big, overly dramatic actor. Yes, that the hamming it up. It was just his portrayal in it, and I like the movie overall. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird little world. I didn't enjoy the TV show mm-hmm. just because I missed him so much in right. that role. Right, right, so it was, right. it was always going to pale in comparison. So I just yeah, didn't get MPH in. is nowhere near Jim Carrey. For no, that. Yeah, I yeah. never got into it. Everybody said it was great. I tried two episodes and I was yeah. just out. Yeah, just like nah, he's not Jim Carrey to me because I didn't read the books. Right, and he was so indelible in that character to me with no, you know, my pool of knowledge is that movie. Yep, but it's like I, you got to top that. Yeah. Or go Joker style and set it in a different era or something. Right. Completely right. change and be like, okay, now I can take a new interpretation. But if you're telling the exact same story all over again, yeah. now I can go, you know, A to B and I like A. I think the frustrating part for me for them in the movie is that everyone was so oblivious to how much of a jerk this guy was, how much of a manipulative mm-hmm. jerk this guy was. So after a while, it just became kind of annoying to watch the movie. But he was great. It's just the movie overall, which just became annoying as fuck to keep watching. Well, I was like, no one really can see how much of an idiot this guy is. The kids can. Right. The kids can, but no one else can see yeah. it. Just, it's, it's a just kind story of between the two of them, so right. the kids strive. That's why it's kids' book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids overcome without the help of adults. Right. Or maybe they help them in like key little small parts, but the kids overcome. So. I mean, the different characters he becomes is just... It, it was it was his way of doing that Eddie Murphy Martin Lawrence thing exactly. at a whole nother level. Well, yeah, when they pick him up in the car and it's just a, a completely <laughs> different character, yeah. utterly different. The boat captain is the boat pretty, captain. Yeah, the, the beard over everything. and over and over again. And the best part is, you know, the character of I can't remember the the name. Yeah, because I think Lemony Snicket is the author yes. of this story. Yeah, type of thing. Um, Olaf, Count Olaf, Count Olaf. Yeah. Nice pull. Yeah. Uh, Olaf would love getting into these characters. Yes. Just as much as Carrie does. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> so for that, just because it is such a solid performance. It is. So that's my seven. My six now is me, myself, and Irene. Okay. So that's the pun from earlier. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Um, I'm surprised you like this movie as much as uh, as, as, as high as number six. Because I, I, the jokes seem so obvious. They do. I know you're really critical of that sometimes in certain movies. But in this one, it works for you. Um. It does, maybe just because I love Jim Carrey so yeah, much yeah. that I'm like, I don't care. You're biased about it, and there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, it just uh, I have a fondness for his mm-hmm. comedic presentation sometimes of the dumbest of things. Oh, yeah, man. When the cow isn't dead, and it just that's great. That is great. You're going to get me every time with that. Only Jim Carrey could pull off that type Sticking of... Sticking his fingers in the nose. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> trying to suffocate it. Easy, buddy. This is best for him. This is the best thing for him. Uh, he's got that dry mouth, yeah. and Renee Zellweger's just looking at him. Or his buddy that's also a cop is like, those those, those kids are awfully brown. <laughs> and he's making a sausage on the thing, and he starts like subconsciously cutting the sausage up. <laughs> just, it's fucking great. All of it, man, from top to bottom. Maybe it should be higher on my list, because I, I love the movie, and I kind of put it down a little bit, because like I... I think it's you know it's a bit of obvious with some of the jokes, but I think it's actually really inventive. The it's way it's one of the last it. times he went over the top. Yes, but in a in a way that works. Yeah. And those three guys who play his kids, Anthony Anderson being one of them, yeah, they are hilarious, man. Their yeah. interactions about him and with each other, especially because they're like uber geniuses. Because um, obviously he's raising someone else's kids for God's sakes. True. Uh, and they're uber geniuses, and the way they bash each other, making jokes about each other's intelligence, and the things they're bashing each other about 
brilliantly funny, man. Um, but then, of course, you've well, got the Fairly Brothers stuff with the with the chicken and the dude's asshole and things of that nature. Yeah, that's you where never gets, walk away from it. It's so. Fairly, so it's yeah, kind of like, right. okay, fine. Right. Uh, but the rest of it is... Dude, when he turns into Hank... Mm-hmm. Oh, my He sees him in the God. rear view. He does this Clint Eastwood. <sighs> what are you looking at, punk? <laughs> he retired that because he didn't want to become known as an impressionist. Right, so right. So he stopped doing all of this. So it's just... <laughs> knowing that about him and then seeing it's like you know what what a great spot to dust it off yep have you ever seen him at uh, eastwood's afi no oh dude i gotta i'll go home and watch that right now dude it's the best really okay because he worked on deadpool 2 yeah, or yeah, something yeah. he did uh, he did he, well, he did deadpool the, de- deadpool, the deadpool. Okay. deadpool yeah right deadpool. right so he was like a villain or critical criminal yeah or but it was a tiny little yeah, it was a small, small part really small so his afi was like you know he basically does it from the because he does a clint eastwood yeah and Eastwood, according to his retelling, at some point during the producer, was like, I don't know, Frank, what do you think? We should just turn the camera on and just let it go on him? <laughs> <laughs> and he condenses his character down into two seconds. And it's just <laughs> only Carrie can crush this. It's fucking good. I got to see that, man. Yeah. Yeah, but like everything. And Renee Zellweger, obviously, they were dating during this time, too. So mm-hmm. uh, the chemistry between them is great. And I mean, the Hank stuff, man, and the music they play, na 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 na, and then he becomes like, especially in the grocery store, the first time it happens, yeah. it's like he's trying to suppress a, a like a, a torrent of vomit coming out of his mouth. And he's just like, <laughs> all of it, the physical nature of it all. And this is right when people were starting to make fun of him for doing these kinds of things. But this was brilliant. This was absolutely brilliant, man. We have a specific psychosis or some sort of problem. Yeah, yeah. And you need your medication, otherwise, this split personality <laughs> rears its rears its head. We got a uh, fallopian fungus going on. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Uh, check out on aisle three, grabs the fucking microphone. Yeah. You know oh, what no. wouldn't happen today is him breastfeeding. Oh, God, with Shannon Weary? That would Ooh, be yeah. never filmed. Yep, nope. Never filmed. Nope. Uh, yeah. Him driving the car through the barbershop, though, that was funny as shit. Lenny Clark's uh, car through the driver's shop. And I think this is where the movie where I got to, oh, the uh, sling blade, motherfucker, from Anthony Anderson. He makes a motion oh, with yeah. the sling blade. <laughs> And I used to drop that every once and again because I'd seen the movie so many times. <laughs> oh, the sling blade, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's my six. All right. What uh, do you got? My seven was Liar Liar. Like we said, my number six is The Mask. Okay. So that was the pun from earlier. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this movie, man. I do. Even And I'm starting to watch it more and more recently. Like just okay. for whatever reason, I I really enjoy what Carrie does in the movie and Cameron Diaz is. This is before Cameron Diaz like became a superstar, right? So she's still soft True. around the edges. She's still womanly, man, before she started losing all that weight and doing the Hollywood game. I like her here. Yeah, she's no, she was beautiful here. The man. sexiest. Yes. And her career to me was in this movie. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, I get it. In Hollywood, you have to kind of be a certain size to survive. Whatever. And, and you grow. And you grow. Right. And then you, you get grow. knocked up by a dude from Good Charlotte, you know? <laughs> Life has a weird way of working itself out. <laughs> so You've been on a band's kick lately every week on our show. I, know, I just happened to see that on Twitter when she gave birth yeah, or something. Yeah. Gave birth to, and oh, the father is Benji Madden or whatever yeah, his name. And I was like, yep. DJ Benji Madden. Good Charlotte? Yeah. Really? They're dating? Like, I know so little about, yeah. you know, that type. I don't follow any of the who's dating who. Right, right, Unless right. they are married or whatever, It's or it's crazy huge news somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. You know, other people, they love it. That's that's their jam. It's their jam, man. Yeah, so to, to, good for you. Uh, and I, no fucking clue. And I was like, really? Yeah. Wow. Like, good for both of them. Yeah. I, I hope the kid's healthy. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, in this film, like, from top to bottom, this is Jim Carrey, like, kind of... 
Slight. And the thing is, it's interesting to think about Jim Carrey. When you look at his past stuff, he was always, almost always playing a lead in the smaller stuff he was in before he blew up. And I mean before, like, mm. Ace Ventura. Like, once bitten, he's the lead. There's a TV series he was in for, like, 12 yeah. episodes. He was the lead. So Oh, when, Duck Factory? Yeah, Duck Factory. So when they talk about, like, oh, he wrote a check to himself and blah, blah, blah. He wasn't a guy that was struggling with five and under roles. He was a guy that, was, that people saw as a lead for their projects. Yeah. He just hadn't hit it big yet. But who knows if you're ever going to get that shot, That's shot again. That's true. Very true. And if you got that, that many reps early on and none of them were successful, that could be a black stain. Right, right. Was it Not, John, John Hamm, like 13 pilots that never went before Madman finally went? Well, so, that's yeah. an extreme case. Yeah. How many dudes blow up like him this after being in L.A. for this long? That's true. It's, it's really rare, rare as shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you've been around and every casting director has seen you. Yeah. Uh, and there's always new ones, but... Of course. Yeah, he'd been kicking around town for a long time. Right, right. It's kind of crazy. You're like, this dude couldn't get work? This guy. This guy. It's fucking... the same thing at Hemsworth. Hemsworth was about to go home before he got Thor. He was done. But yeah. I'm just saying. I'm, but he's... I'm saying. How many years in the game? In the game? It's nowhere near know. ham. He was sleeping What was he, like mid to late 20s? I don't know. I would say mid 20s. You think hey. he was mid 20s when he got Thor? Yeah. I think he was in his 30s, man. No we got to look that up. Man. First Thor was what, 2012, 2011? That'd be seven years ago. So now you're saying he's in his f- almost 40s? I think he's almost in his 40s. I bet you he's 35 to 36. He is 36 years old. There you go. So he was born in 83. So the first Thor is when? I don't know. I'm pulling up. 2011. Yeah. So eight, nine years ago, so he was in his mid-20s. Yeah, I guess so. All right, fair enough. That was not so bad. I, okay, all right, I get it. You, you're right. You're right. All right. I'll Ham is, he was pushing almost 40. Yeah, true, when, when Mad Men when came Mad Men, he finally got that. Uh, yeah, he killed that show, too. He was great. Um, but yeah, this film is so much fun, seeing Jim do his thing. And he's very sweet in the film. You know, he's, it's a gear he can play, the kind of like sweet, uh, put-upon guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does such a great job in the movie. And you have, like obviously, the Cameron Diaz stuff. But also, ah, what's her name? Yeardley? What's her name? Uh, oh, I forget. Oh, the Yeardley actress. Smith? No, no. The one that was married to, to uh, John Ritter before he passed. The oh, I know who you're talking about. Yes, I forget her name. Dude, She's how like, dare you forget about Richard Jenny? Yeah. Oh, Richard How Jenny. dare you? Platypus right. man himself. Bro, I don't know how many specials I used to watch of Richard dude, Jenny. Richard, well, because Richard Jenny was, put out... Yeah. He, dude, that dude put out quality and a lot of quality. He was very funny, man. Yeah, and then apparently People mentally forget. just in a dark place for almost all those years. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, did he take his life? Or he did took he? his life. I think oh, he hung himself. That's a shame. Jesus, man. The stand-up game, it's a tough game, man. I had a friend that hung himself a year ago. What? Yeah. Really? So, shit. I'm sorry, dude. I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. Just, I don't know. He, I mean, he was bipolar. Yeah. And by friends, it's not like we were best friends. Right, 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 we'd right. see each other and talk mm-hmm. and, hey, how you been? Of course. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And he loved baseball, so I'd ask him about baseball. Right, right. Um, yeah. Just, it was surprising and not surprising. Yeah. I didn't know that he was suicidal, but at the same time, he did get 5150 Oh, wow. So. Okay. Yeah. It's it was the game. Yeah. You hear about it a lot with a lot of comics. I mean, the Robin Williams thing is a different situation, but with a lot of comics. Still depressed. Still yeah, hung true. himself. True. True. But it was a Lyme disease situation, and maybe he didn't want to go further into that Who knows? Thing. Who he knows? always seemed like he was carrying a sadness. True. True. So. It comes out, certainly, in his roles. When he's not saying dramatic. that 
that type of thing is in, indicative of you will. Right. But it wasn't so shocking right. to me when it happened. Okay. Whereas somebody, you know. But Jenny was shocking, I think, for me, because he always, you rarely saw him, like, on shows talking about whatever. He was always, like, doing his jokes. Well, because he was almost always on there to sell. You know what I mean? Right, right. How many times did he get to be Robin Williams? And, like, I don't care if you have anything to promote. Just come on and be yourself. Right. So right. we got to see a lot more of him. Yeah. There were a number of those comics from that time, right? Like Louis Anderson was big at that time. Still around, still working. Yeah, he's still kicking it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Baskets. I, I, everyone says that show is really, really. I good. like season one. I need to go back. Yeah, yeah. it's it. You, fr- I forgot. Yeah, exactly. And it's then, one of those smaller ones. Yeah, and Catherine doesn't like it. Oh, so, okay. if I'm if I watch something solo, yeah. lately has been uh, a lot of bands, and then. Uh, fucking uh tons of just youtube yeah you know yeah I, I, i've seen the offensive structures of a few different teams broken down like 20 minute videos <laughs> and different actions they run in the nba yeah but it's also uh, some woodworking projects and then um some epoxy i've done some some stuff in the past with epoxy resins right, and right. not and it's turned out cool and so long as you take your time it's an easy project so yeah. just what are other what have, what have other people done and just to kind of spark ideas yeah yeah and usually I'll take like two, three ideas. I did it for one. I made a Christmas gift. So I took, I found one on how to etch metal and I found another one how to uh, transfer images to different kind of surfaces. Right. And I found another one how to do this, that, and the other. And then I ended up taking these copper plates. Yeah. And I took like uh, uh, Catherine's mom's favorite song. Right. And transferred it onto that. And you use the etching material and it etches around everything that you don't want it to. Right. So then you pull that off. And the raised audio file is what's left. And then that'll patina as the copper ages into oh, this wow. cool greenish. And then the rest will stay looking like copper right. because of the reaction to the acid. Right. Just like simple, easy project. It didn't cost us a whole lot. She's going to love it for the rest of her life. Right, right, right. Done and done. But that was, I just watch random shit. And then eventually you go, <laughs> you don't make a cool gift? That. Can I do it? And then you try and learn one more thing. You test yourself, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. I'm going to build myself a, a laser cutter. Nice. Wow. And then, uh, All right. Well, I've got, I already got like five, six things. I mean, like, I can do it and turn it in and make that. Right. And then make this. And yeah. All right. Fair enough. I'm looking forward to that one, man. <laughs> you might just get a laser, you know, use the laser something to make you a gift. Oh, I, I'm down with that. Just don't use it on me. I'm cool with that. Just don't Not a problem, <laughs> but I will have to test drive a few different ideas that I have. <laughs> so you might get a slightly inferior version. It'll still be nice. Well, I'm down. I appreciate it very much. Uh, but I got, uh, I got some ideas. Anywho, right. anywho so yeah. that was your six? That was my six. Why, yeah, why don't we take a quick break before we get to our top five and uh, listen to this word from our sponsors. All right, welcome back. Hello. We hope you enjoyed those, and let's jump right back in. Yeah. Five, I've got Man on the Moon. Uh, okay, that's my number four. Good timing. All right, yeah. Like this film a lot. I did. I didn't know if... Uh, I'm not a Kaufman guy. You're not a big fan of Kaufman? Okay. I get it. Right, right, right. Type right, of right. thing. It doesn't make me laugh. He's a performance artist comic. It is. Yeah. And it's just like, a, I get it. Mm-hmm. And I understand because the 70s were also a weird time in that True. there's no way Steve Martin becomes famous today. No, no. But his ironic anti-comedy comedy resonated. Yeah. I guess people were just tired from the, uh, you know, uh, the Vietnam War mm-hmm. and going through with Tricky Dick and all the heaviness of uh, this, you know, societal shifts. Yeah for equal rights through the 60s right. and they were just like you know what i want something stupid and goofy uh and man on the moon and andy kaufman fit that to a t yeah 
it was weird. It was eccentric. And to see, I still need to see the documentary about Carrie. Oh, yeah. This is great. I heard it's awesome. It's insane, man. Yeah. I knew he stayed in character the whole time. And uh, the, the conversation with him and Milos Forman that they have in the documentary, you're mm-hmm. just like blown away that a director would be willing to put up with that from Carrie just to get that performance. But that's him being in sacrifice yeah. of the piece. Do you know what I'm saying? The director is sacrificing himself to play out these scenarios that mm-hmm. Carrie is presenting to him as Andy Kaufman or as uh, Tony Clifton. Just genius, man. Five. Shit, I've seen Zamuda do Clifton oh. numerous times. He did it like a residency, so to speak, at the store. Oh, shit. A random time. So he was hanging out. So eventually you just kind of interacted with yeah. Clifton in random little shit. And then I watched the show a few times. And I was like, I wonder if this is the same show. My guess is he hasn't put any thought into this, really. Right. Just kind of churning out exactly what they did. Maybe make a couple tweaks. Yeah. So it's like, this is probably pretty close to what Andy used to do. That's it's so strange. Yeah. It's a weird... I do one. Lo- I love one joke. I can't remember if it's in the movie or not, but I know there's a clip of it you can find on YouTube where yeah. he was in the special that he got for signing on for Taxi or whatever, yeah. the negotiation. He made fun of uh, talk shows, specifically Carson. He made his seat obviously much higher. Yeah. So he's looking down at because now it's an uh, untold thing. They all lift their seat. Cowherd now. It's yeah. the weirdest. I never really watch it. It's show, like you're in a pit to be his guest. And you're like looking up and there's yeah. the producer on the right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's such a strange way to set up the room. If I would, if I was on the Cowherd show, if I ever got to be I'd like, never happened, but like I would sit on the top of the couch just to fuck with him. That would Something. be the whole time. So we're like eye level. Yeah. If it's I so had weird. that kind of clout, I would do it in a heartbeat. But just to fuck with him. That's a great little, I love that oh, joke. Yeah. And I like the presentation of the Mickey Mouse, the Mighty Mouse here. Yeah. To save yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah. But I liked it once. Right, right, right. Just the idea that this was so groundbreaking. I didn't live through it. So I've seen it, but pop culture has progressed beyond. So the right. shocking nature of like, can you believe they did this on NBC? Right. Like this was on TV. Yeah. This is so stupid. This is awesome. Because you didn't do that shit. Right, right. It was all like, this is brought to you by Chesterfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, that was 10 years, probably 15 years after that stopped, but yeah. all those people that grew up that created SNL, TV to them was that wholesome, oh, yeah. over-the-top, yeah. leave-it-to-beaver type of bullshit. Yeah. Well, what I enjoyed about it, too, well, I mean, looking at the movie, what I enjoyed so much is, like, this is Carrie as, I don't know, this is Carrie, like, really as an actor, like, exploring the character and the levels of True. this guy and the complexity of this guy and bringing him forward in the situations that he finds himself in throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see Carrie grow or Andy Kaufman grow from what he is at the beginning to what he ends up at the end, you know? And yeah. Like that scene where in the cancer thing and he sees... That it's the, bullshit. That it's all bullshit. And he was just like, oh, this is perfect. The irony of that is so perfect because that's what I was doing my whole life as a comedian mm-hmm. is pulling that same bullshit. Um, Danny DeVito's oh, really great in it yeah. too. He's heartbreaking in this movie, man. And it's really cool because he was on Taxi with him. So yeah. to come back and play his manager, and he has an understanding of who this guy was. And I assume, honestly, given the longevity of his career, they were probably friends. Oh, yeah. Because it seems like DeVito's gotten along with generations of various people now. It's amazing to me, that guy. Uh, what an incredible yeah, story. Yeah, what a great career. Right? What a great career. And this, I mean, any this... number of times it could have ended. Exactly. Yeah. Such a, just a unique performer. Mm-hmm. And his stature alone. Yeah. But the visual, like what he brings, he can do the super serious. Right. 
uh, and you feel it. Like, what's that the, that one kid's movie that was a generation too young for us, but other people just love it? Matilda? Matilda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't have the resonance with me, but I know if I was younger, I would have loved the living shit yeah, out of that. a lot of people love that. He anyway, directed that as well. Yep. Um, hell of a career, but now with It's Always Sunny, just reintroducing him to a huge new generation of people. Mind-blowing, man. Yeah. I'll still go back occasionally on TV Land and watch Taxi episodes. That he's, sitcom is great. Yeah, he's probably my favorite part. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's a, that's a hell of a statement because nobody on that show didn't become famous. Exactly. Everybody, Tony Danza, Mary Lou Henner, John Hirsch, Hirsch, Christopher Lloyd, Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. Carol Kane. Everybody on that fucking show was a heavy hitter down the road or at that time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the it's one a dude great that was show. in Greece. Yeah, Jeff Conway. Jeff yes. Conway. Yes. Everybody became a name off that show. It's a kind of that rare sitcom ensemble sitcom. There was only everybody. three channels, <laughs> you know, and it was a hit. That's a good point. There's only three channels. Fair point. But like nobody in Night Court became a big hit other than Larry. Well, Hanks. but that was later that we had cable. Night, Night Court was on when I was a kid. Right. And I had cable. Okay. So there's more. There's fewer options. Yeah. The three channel world had ceased to exist by the time I started watching TV, by, I think. Well, yes, it had, but they weren't putting sitcoms on HBO. They weren't put like Dream On was no. much later. So it was like, but yeah. you still had your USA's running random shit. You mm-hmm. had your so there was other. Uh, well, like nobody the Cosby. Show. Well, I guess yeah, that's a good point. Good point. All right, all right, all right. Maybe I'll have to take a little deeper dive into this. Oh, WKRP in Cincinnati. None. Nobody had it coming out of there. It was like a big old hit. Tim Reed is the only one that's still true, somewhat working. But they were, that was a massive ensemble. Oh, Laurie Anderson too. Yeah, Lonnie. Lonnie, sorry, Lonnie Anderson. Right. Yeah, Laurie Anderson's a performance singer. That's right. I would imagine most people would know her as Burt Reynolds' wife. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or it'd be the dude that played the cool guy that was on Head of the Class after that. Yeah, Howard Hessman. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on, it was my... Or the Maytag guy. Oh, yeah, Gordon Jump. Yes. God, how do I have these still fucking names? In my... See, you know them. Jesus that, Christ. That show was on when I was really little, so yeah. I, I only have vague... I know the turkey drop. Oh, my God. That's the best. The Thanksgiving episode of WKRP in Cincinnati. If you guys haven't seen that episode, watch that episode. Just one one line. I thought turkeys could fly. I'll just let it be at that. Go watch that. Uh, anyway. All right. Where are we at? So that was my five year four. What's your five? Uh, Ace Ventura. Uh, it's a slight punt. Okay. All right. So what's your number three? Oh, never mind then. That's right to my... <laughs> I apologize because I fi- forgot what you just done your four. Yeah. Uh, is Ace Ventura. Okay. Uh, it's fantastic. Right. Carrie got off. Wait, wait, wait. Did we do your four? Sorry. My oh, bad. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. What is your what four? Is sorry about that. I jumped because well, my it, four. Honestly, I already knew it's a punt. Eternal Sunshine. Oh, yeah. It's a punt. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I All knew right. where you were going to put it. Yeah. The other three above it, I just, I know I'm going to watch seven billion times more. That's fair. It's totally nothing fair. against that movie. So Ace Ventura at my three. At your three. Uh, I flat out love Jim Carrey in, in, in Living Color. Yeah. So I was so excited when he was finally going to be making a movie. Right. Like ridiculously excited. Him and Damon Wayans, and then some things that David Allen Greer did and Tommy Davidson did. Oh yeah. In Living Color. Mm-hmm. Between those two was mostly the two guys with the business cards. You know I am fresh out. Bam. <laughs> the other one hits him. I love that. Flat out. But to me, they were almost always the best supporting part in a Wayans or Jim Carrey. Right. Those two were my favorites. Hands down. You had a homie, the clown. Oh, but yeah. I still thought Wayans was like crushing it. And Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey was the alpha. Wayans was like nipping at his heels. I love right. those two on that show. Fireman Bill. Oh, my God. 
uh, yeah, just the bird face. He's looking like a bird victim. Just, <laughs> you do a bad Rocky. And yeah. then uh, Keenan did Mike Tyson, which was kind of ballsy. He was. Because Tyson, we by that point, knew it was a little unhinged. Yeah. So there is a chance you could get socked in the mouth for this. Right. Uh, so when Ace Ventura came out, like me and I would imagine most of my friends, but I remember being a distinct favorite of me and a few of my friends in particular, yeah. where we watch it all the effing time. Yeah, man. Just, just loved it. And it's a funny funny movie man it is i know some people nowadays are like oh the trans thing is whatever but it's like that was a movie that fits within the movie of what they're creating it is. if you want to be offended by it i'm not going to stop you from being offended yeah, i can't say you're you. wrong but like for me it doesn't bother me well i yeah i can't tell you whether or not it's offensive to you right but in no way was it meant to be offensive yeah, to i me. don't take it as a negative towards trans people no they didn't set person- up instead about going you know who's lesser than me them yeah, let's make right. them the punchline of this movie right right it was just a way to have a twist right. to where you could legitimately get this weird little plot to how does this kicker right. end up going un you know disguised and get away with all these stupid things exactly it's a nice little twist uh especially when he turns around <laughs> and you just see it you can practice see veins and you're like oh my god <laughs> and all the dudes start going oh because now it just implies she's made out with all of them uh, not had sex, just at the very yeah, end, right, like right. Jim Carrey least, yeah. made out with all of them. Oh man! And that's how perhaps you know uh, he or she, however you know that character identifies, right. has gotten to this position where no one's questioning. <laughs> oh, Carrie's reaction. There's so many great moments in the film when he's doing the door shutting up and, yeah. and ah, yeah. ah. all of that. I mean, he's actually a damn good detective. That's the thing about the film. He wasn't played as an idiot. He's no. legitimately a damn good detective. His methods are just... Yeah, just very unusual. And he's got a great love of animals. So it's a smart approach to uh, this kind of, like, comedy, you know? Like, I think you could have made a more realistic version if he doesn't go into the Captain Kirk. Like, yeah, start right, eight. right. And just, just because he does a good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you took out those aspects of it, but because it's his first, I think they were just throwing as many jokes, as many stupid things as they yeah, could do. Yeah, as they could do with it, yeah. And, and that one never, I was never, like, I like Star Trek, but not to the degree that you do right. and, and a bunch of other people do. Mm-hmm. So it's like doing a, a, a Kirk, like, I don't care. I've, I've seen a lot of Kirks. That's fine. Yeah. But when he walks out of the bathroom after he's tangled with the great white. Yeah. And he slaps his pocket and it shoots that water. Do not go in there and just waving his hand. Uh, just great. Even the confrontation with the great, the way he screams with his mouth before he falls into the tank. It's right. As he's hilarious. stalking to get over there and he's doing these stupid ninja like moves so no one will detect him. So dumb. It's genius. Man. Why don't you cry about it, saddlebags? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Courtney Cox. Uh, oh. He's, yeah, he's what I guess Kutro's the last one he hasn't done a film with from the Friends cast. Yeah, uh, there you go. A female cast, at least. Uh, but yeah, yeah, all the way throughout. Just very, very funny stuff. And Tone Loke's even decent in the film. And, yeah, as a uh, sergeant or whatever that is. Right, right. Um, detective. And then everything that happens, like uh, Marino, the whole nine is just fucking hilarious from top to bottom, man. Yeah, filming an Isotoners commercial. Because <laughs> yeah. that was the only product I knew that he... Yeah, I'm sure he had car dealerships down there, and I'm oh, sure yeah. he had all the local shit. Right. But on a national level, I just remember him from Isotone commercials. Me too. Me too. 
Uh, uh, all right. So that was your three. That's my three. My three is the Truman Show. Yeah, not gonna make my list. Wow, really? That was the one I brought up earlier. I'm just. I saw it and I walked wow. out going, "No, thank you." Wow, it's fine. I totally understand what you're all saying. Right, right, I right. I don't care if I ever see that again. That's a shock to me. Okay. I know. Where Fair I enough. like the majestic more than I like Truman Show. Okay. I like the majestic. And it was tough, tough to cut the majestic. It's schmaltzy as shit. It is. I mean, they're they're going for every Disney like gut punch to try and get you at the end when he's yeah. in that courtroom scene. Yeah. And I still didn't hate it. Wow. Okay. Uh, but Truman Show, just like I don't know, I get it. Right. It wasn't my honestly. If we're gonna do this, I like Ed TV. I will watch Ed TV more than I watch this. Okay. All right. Well. At the risk of, uh, you know, risking your ire. No, I, I like. The I film. am alone. Okay, okay. I like the film a lot. I think she's. I think he's fantastic in the movie, and um, I think we don't have Eternal Sunshine if he doesn't do this movie. I think if he doesn't find a way to work out his dramatic chops in this movie, we don't get Eternal Sunshine. He's incredibly uh, uh, interesting in the film, and it's a human. Like this is drama. This is a drama film. Yes, are there comedic moments? Sure. No. You know, uh, good afternoon, good luck, good evening, good night, that kind of stuff. Yes. But overall, this is about a guy trying to break free from this existence that he didn't know he was born into. So the overall message, this idea of like you can choose your life, you can choose your own ending, you can find your way out. You may just have to fight through so many things to get there and you may have to end certain relationships so that you can get there. And so the overall message and the story of the film, I think is powerful as well. Okay. Father to son, creator to, to thingy create. I mean, it works as a God story as well with Ed Harris, essentially playing God yeah. and Carrie being his creation and breaking out. It's garden of Eden shit. It's all throughout the movie. And so I think it's, and Natasha McElhone who plays the woman who has a thing for him and, and is on the outside. And it's a sweet little romance that they're doing without ever sharing like legitimately sharing the screen together other than a couple of scenes when she's breaking out or uh, trying to get him to leave. And so, yeah. There's a great little detail in there. I think it's when he opens uh, the uh, medicine chest or medicine cabinet in yeah. his bathroom. There are uh, supplements for vitamin D because he's not actually getting the sun. And your body, body oh, needs vitamin yeah, right. D to stay healthy. Right. just flat out has to have it. We yeah. grew up with the sun. Right. So it's a supplement that he's got in there because there's deficiency, obviously, because that shit ain't real. Yeah. I didn't know that until years. It's something I saw online. It always stuck with me. It's like, oh, that's cool. Oh, interesting. But I, I won't go back to oh. rewatch. I'm <laughs> All good. Right. Fair enough. I enjoy the hell out of it, and I think it's a fantastic performance from him, but I totally respect you not uh, liking it. All right. What's your number two? Uh, two is uh, the only thing better than Ace Ventura is Ace Ventura 2. <laughs> oh, my God. At two? At two? You're going to ruin our list? All right, fine. Go ahead. It's pure rewatchability. At this point, I am more apt to watch two than I am one. <laughs> all right. All right. I, it, because the absurdity is so solely focused on him, yeah. there is no more Courtney Cox to ground him. Yeah. It's that English actor, but it's Carrie stealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just him. It's purely him. Right. I love the stupid Tibetan monk setup. <laughs> Story like I almost reached enlightenment. Here, have mine. That took you thirty years. <laughs> you just attained it. Uh, the slinky from the top. The just the the stupidity. The comparing pain from the two spears. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tommy Davidson coming out and he's like this this little guy. Got to be afraid of him. And he just gets destroyed <laughs> by him. It's over and over and over again because it's that character fully unthrottled. Oh yeah. Uh, or full throttled, rather, yeah. ungoverned. Um, that's why I like it even more. You know what I loved about the first one is 
just the stupidity of this. I didn't care. The the Kirk was fine, but everything else to me was awesome. Yeah. Uh, And this one, it's just the stupidity of, oh, you chitty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, we love you. And I just, as the, he's making up the turbulence in the car and it's a perfectly smooth ride. Uh, the like a glove where he flips the tra- oh I can just recount yeah, yeah, the whole movie yeah 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 it to me is that on eleven and I'm I love it for that fact right. thank be- you Dark Continent good night <laughs> so stupid it's great I think I like I like the spear scene that you mentioned uh-huh. and I like him wearing that dude like his Monopoly guy which was yeah. do not pass go like do not collect two hundred dollars what about when he's doing the spit wads and the guy that's doing the test of manhood and he's gonna oh. stay on the really top pole yeah I can't do that. <laughs> And you just don't see it for a little while? Uh, it's a little too far for me. <laughs> them kissing? It's this, the most awkward. Oh, yeah. Bumblebee tuna. Bumblebee tuna. <laughs> the huge loogie. Uh, I love that. That's great. That's gross out humor because I don't see him spitting it. No. I just see the buildup as he's conjuring this huge loogie. Yeah. And then the aftermath. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, that right. that works to me. Anyway, so what do you got at two? Uh, two is, is Dumb and Dumber, is which my is probably your one. one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know it's difficult. I, I was looking once. I I got number one easy. That was easy for me. Number one. Yeah, I knew but, you're number one. Yeah, but get to number two, and I was like, what do I really put here at two? What is the best of the rest of his stuff? And I really struggled to because I knew once I got two, everything would fall into place. Okay. But two is a statement. What is the best Jim Carrey film besides Eternal Sunshine for me? What is the best? Jim? What's the funniest? I think you what's could- the most complete performance? You All could amend that. that statement to just what's the best Jim Carrey movie, and it's number one, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, right. Okay. And on our combined list, I know, I know what you did. You treat you gonna, did it on purpose. I know it's not. It's, you rigged the list. I have seen all three of those movies above. I've seen Eternal Sunshine. I think three times now, maybe four. Well, it's not about uh, for me. It's not about rewatchability. The rewatchability is convenient when, for you for certain things. No, no, no. When I have rewatched these so many times, yeah. I'm sorry, you're going to lose. Well, I would put Schindler's List in the top three of Spielberg, but I've seen it maybe once or twice. Okay, I don't know why you had to bring in the Holocaust. (laughs) How is that equivalent to Eternal Sunshine? Someone's always going to bring up the Nazis. (laughs) How is one of the world's greatest genocides equivalent to Eternal Sunshine? No, I'm just saying that it's not a movie I go back to a lot. But that one's way worse. But I can still objectively recognize that it's a fantastic film. That one's way worse. Find me another sorrowful rom-com. And then I'll I'll talk to you. Oh, that's a good point, Sarful. I don't know. Punch Drunk Love is great. Okay. That's How many times are you gonna be, are you gonna put that? You kind of have to with Sandler's. I do. I own it, and I watch it. Uh, yeah, I watch it every few months. You kind of have to. Yeah. But he doesn't have near the career of a Spielberg, right? Or a Jim Carrey, at least a number of. Yeah, those kinds of ventures films. into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrey's done. Got Gems that. was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, yeah, Dumb and Dumber, him and Jeff Daniels, just a great chemistry and the best. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous film that should not work as well as it does. But damn, if it doesn't from beginning to end, these two dudes are absolute fucking morons, but they're sweet. They're, uh, they're, they're, they can't help themselves. They're well-intentioned. Yeah. They're well-intentioned in spite of themselves. Mm -hmm. They're just, just complete and utter idiots, but it totally works because, I mean, the the stupid stuff they get into, you're just like, why? And yet it totally works. I mean, the scene where they're banging, they're trying to destroy each other in their tuxes when they're walking into the... Oh, with the canes? Oh, my God. Well, because they're childish and they're just, yeah. they got a new toy and they want to play with their toy. 
and they're just so oblivious about where they're playing with their toy well, and what an adult is yeah and supposed to do in this moment yeah they walk in and everybody's in black tie and they have their garish outfits what are you gonna do over here i'm just gonna be sitting over here sending out the vibe he's <laughs> sticking his ass out uh, over and over again. <laughs> That's an IOU for a Lamborghini. You might want to hold on to that. Uh, Harry, you are a terrible shot. Well, the so you're saying I got a chance yeah. is now part of pop yeah. culture. Yeah, it's a one in a million. So you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> uh, the, Samsonite too. Everyone says that. Yeah, swimmy, swammy, swammy, <laughs> Samsonite. I do Samsonite. I was way off. Harry, your hands are freezing. Uh I like when he texts the old lady. I say this all the time. Don't you go dying on me Don't now. You. It's just as he walks away. Well, you know, well, he's, he starts it off being like, in essence, unlike most people, like, you know, I don't feel that the older, a waste of space type of thing. <laughs> Don't you go dying on me. She just fucks him right over. Yeah. Uh, Man, it's always weird when you go back to the 90s, you find weird people in films. Like Karen Duffy was a... MTV yeah, DJ, VJ. right? What is she doing in this movie? I don't know. I don't know where she's in. She's fine. She's actually yeah, pretty good. She's not, that's what I'm saying. You got Tone Loke and Ace Ventura. It's weird the people who pop up. That in makes this more sense because it's an artist yeah. making the shift over. VJ, yeah. find me another. Well, usually they're trying to be actors and they become BJs, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I could see maybe like Dave Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, I, I struggle. Yeah. Matt Pinfield wouldn't. No. Certainly not of the 80s. Yeah, Kurt Loder, never. Yeah, no. Um, and Loder was like, yeah. He was like a rock journalist. Right, and stayed right, being right. a rock journalist afterwards. He's still around. I saw a clip of him. Yeah. Like six months ago, and I was like, oh, shit, Kurt Loder. I haven't thought about you in mm-hmm. forever, man. Who was the other guy, Chris? The other guy that was the movie reporter for them, Chris something? I know you're talking about. Yep. I can visualize him. He's got the it. teeth or whatever. Yeah, he was showing. He showed up in, the time, in those <sighs> CNN shows about the... 80s or the 90s yeah. and stuff. I forget what his name is. Wasn't it yeah. Chris O something? Yeah, maybe it wasn't Chris O'Donnell. O's. I don't know. Th- um, but yeah, he was like work for Premiere and shit like that. I just can't remember. He's, yeah, he's name. gone off to many yeah. other gigs yeah, since yeah. then. He's been yeah. around. But anyway, yeah, this film, just to- just top to bottom, just crazy, stupid fun mm-hmm. and no, has no business working. But when you look at it, it doesn't. you can't it deny. It is utterly stupid. Yeah. But they never deviate from that. Right. So right. The characters always say stupid, even at the very end when the the, the Hawaiian Tropics or whatever the, the oil company yeah. is stops them and is like, hey, do you want to be our, uh, you know, we're looking for two guys. Be like, oh, you're in luck. A town is three miles that way. <laughs> it's like, thank God we were here to tell you guys about that. And that was ad-libbed. Yeah. Oh, that really? wasn't in the script. Oh, how funny. But that's perfect for the character. They're so oblivious and stupid. Yeah. Be like, you are in luck. <laughs> There's a town. Yeah. <laughs> Harry went and did something totally stupid, or pardon me, stupid, and totally redeemed yourself. <laughs> ah! He's got the, he gets 73 miles to the gallon on this hog. He fluffs his little fringed gloves out. Yeah. Just the movie's perfect man. to me over and over and over. <laughs> All right, so you're one. Yeah. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, man. This is just the best performance of Jim Carrey's career, in my opinion. Without a doubt. And, uh, and it's of, a, for his dramas? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know, and it was so ironic. I found myself putting more of his dramas in the top five than I did his comedies, but for whatever reason, it's just I just appreciate him more when he does this kind of stuff because I think he doesn't get recognized enough for it, and he really is no perfect when he fully commits to these kind of dramatic roles, yeah. and here especially, man. I mean, he is so good in this role from beginning to end. You know, he's put upon, then you see him like 
traveling through this relationship in reverse and the anger and the frustration and the love and the, like it's just brilliant what he's able to bring and he's going toe to toe with Kate Winslet one of the best actresses working today and they still find the tender moments amidst, amidst the bitterness and the anger and the frustration. Mm-hmm. And the way Gondry shoots the film is incredible as well to put you in the mood of what a relationship is like when it's ended, right? And even the end, you're well, just like... the Kristen Dunst, the Kristen Dunst. Oh, yeah, that stuff too. Is it, It's a great little tie-in to... Uh, yeah. Wow, is it fate right. that's ultimately drawing you in? There's right. something that, even if your mind is wiped... You're somehow coupled to this individual. Are you always going to be attracted to mm-hmm. that person? No Are matter? you, you know, yeah. quantumly entangled? You're right. always right in each other's orbit. That's what I found so fascinating about the movie. You know, it's because, a hell of an idea. Yeah, what a great little premise of eradicating someone from your memory. Mm-hmm. And but what how many that would times do. do we go back to the same person, right? When we're younger or whatever, and we're working shit out, and we just keep coming back. I only do that once ever. Really? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. we went back and we tried it again. Yeah. And it just. Obviously didn't work. Wow. Yeah, okay. No. I know I know for me at least I don't know, three or four times I would get with somebody, then we just we just fight or couldn't make it work, it would stop and then you know, you but you don't stop communicating and then like all of a sudden you're back together again. It was so so strange, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like uh my ex girlfriend, yeah, we broke up, didn't get back together for like a year and then randomly got back together again. And of course, we figured out it doesn't work at all. Yeah. But at the time, you know what I'm saying? It was like, well, why am I, why are we both drawn back to this situation if we're not 100% happy? You know, but for some reason, you just find yourself chemically drawn to that person yeah. for that time. You or know? you feel like maybe you understand who they are now. Yeah, better. So right. you can work towards something. And- yeah, yeah. But overall, man, I'm just, just incredible performance from him. And he should have been nominated for an Oscar. Fuck, he might have should have won even. You could even argue that. I would definitely say for this. Yeah. yeah. It's a powerful performance from both of them. Yeah. But especially yeah. him is he doesn't want to lose these memories. Right. Once he realizes what this means, right? Because mm-hmm. in that moment, you're like, I don't want to feel pain anymore. Take it away from me. And I was like, well, okay, but this is the exchange. And once you, he starts to see the price he has to pay, that the sweet moments have to be gone as well. That's when everything sparks within him to to fight for those memories. And at the end, when they have that conversation in the hallway, I think it's one of the most um, honest conversations. And I, I'm one of those people that thinks they don't work out. They don't work out. But you love the fact that they're willing to try. Yeah. You know? well, so, I mean, yeah. they're obviously your success success stories of people that sure on the second go around. Yeah. Or people that get married twice. Right. And the second time it works out. It just clicked. Yeah, because you grew up yep. and now accept them for who they are, whatever the case is, worked on the issues between the two of them or right. within yourself right. and came to this at a much more mature you know, uh, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would take the heartache over erasing it. Yeah, that's part of it. It's hard to grow, too. Yeah. It's, there's no way to progress and learn from those mistakes and understand what went wrong and how to stop yourself from you know, going through that again. Yeah. If you Absolutely. erase it, you're just doomed to fail. Good point, good point. All right, that's our separate lists uh, for the top 10 Jim Carrey films. Uh, We're going to put it together here into one main list, um, and uh, let's get it going. Uh, Suppose Dumb and Dumber's one? Yeah, Dumb and Dumber's one. So it's one, four on Eternal, and what, three, four on Ventura? So Eternal makes it next? No, my uh, my, uh, five is Ventura for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think anything beats one, four. Right, right, right. Uh, you don't even have my three, which is Truman Show. So. Yeah, you don't have my two. Right. 
So I would say Ace Ventura, then Man on the Moon. Okay. And then, do you want to put your two up then and my three after that? Or what do you want to do? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, okay. Then we both have Liar Liar Mask. Yes. And me, myself, and Irene. And we, Oh, yeah. Me, myself would go next. Okay. Because I don't think we have anything else commonality higher. Mm-hmm. Where do you have Liar Liar? Seven. And I have so the mask at six. Nine. So then the mask, then Liar Liar. Okay. And then we got one left. I got oh, Lemony well. Snicket at seven. Okay, that's it. Because the Yes Man is my last one. And that's at eight. All right, there we go. All right, boom. Let's do this thing. The top 10 Jim Carrey movies, yeah. All right, I'm going to try to bang where I can. At number 10. Lemony Snicket in a series of unfortunate events. At number 9. Liar, liar. At number 8. The Mask. At number seven. Me, myself, and Irene. At number six. The Truman Show. At number five. Ace Ventura 2. At number four. Man on the Moon. At number three. Ace Ventura. At number two. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And our number one Jim Carrey film is... Is Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Um, All right. It's a good show. Um, yes. As, as per usual, our thanks to everybody that helps make this show a reality. Oh, yeah. Um, to Chris Alexakos for helping us with uh, the relist and the you know the Boss Hog once a month we do a, a, a patrons topic, and we normally t- do that at the end of the month and he helps us with all that and right. Uh, Joe Abara and Mike Shea helping us with the production side and Kristen Smith and Matthew Housel on the social media to all five of you we can't thank you enough. Um, there is no topic thunder this week because by the time we're recording this, we didn't get enough in the hopper. Right. So if you are a Patreon there, you know what the email address is. Hit us up. Let us know uh, at our email account for that show. And uh, we're working on uh, a new show idea. Yeah. We can't roll it out this month but uh, just because certain wheels are in motion. Yep. But next month, look for it. Uh, it'll be at the, the relist level. We're thinking about maybe changing out one of the relists and give you guys mm-hmm. something new and see if you like that. And, tra- and vary it up a little bit. Uh and uh, I think that's all we're working on right now. Yeah. London, May 2nd, uh, kingsplace.co.uk, 30 pounds, come out. It's going to be a shitload of fun. I can't wait to see you there. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost, M-A-T-T-K-N-O-S-T. Yeah, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And don't forget to go to my YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to that, www.youtube.com uh, slash John Roca says, go and sign up there. A lot of content already over the last uh, few days. Way more content than I had uh, the previous two weeks. So just figuring out my groove in that thing. So come and, and subscribe to it. And I guarantee you'll enjoy the content there. Oh, and before I forget, uh, for those that are interested, I got another podcast that started. It's called Embrace the Hate. It's, uh, it's me and a buddy of mine who's a comic. Uh, you might have seen him on Comedy Central. Uh, you can look it up. His name's Rick Ingram. But just search Embrace the Hate, and it should be up. It went up uh, yesterday, so hope you enjoy, and uh, <laughs> hopefully you don't get too offended. Well, there uh, you that's go. all they got. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Top Ten Show. We love you guys so much, and uh, a lot of stuff coming up soon. We'll let you know all about it in time.
Anything else? Nope. That's it for us uh, at the top 10 this week. Adios. Ooh.